Done. It's recording. Oh, no! longer i'm disappointed mm. no the pause <laughs> the pause is the important part pause no, i wanted the last do to be longer the pause. longer welcome to <laughs> ever would never wouldn't a podcast where i adam lover make my friends eric and kt watch and discuss with me the first season of the hit the hit early 2000s w hit wb early to the hit the hit wb early uh -huh, 2000s uh -huh. slash family drama everyone <laughs> tonight's episode <laughs> look we did take a week off we didn't yeah, record true. so uh, that's my that's my excuse mm -hmm. tonight's episode episode 18 the Unveiling, mm -hmm. written by Greg Berlanti, the creator of the show, and mm -hmm. Rena Memoon, directed by Michael Schultz, original air date February 24th, 2003. Mm. Official DVD booklet episode description. <laughs> the Jewish custom of revealing the headstone after the one-year anniversary of a loved one's death is the backdrop as Ephraim reveals a suspicion about his father, Colin's health, may be deteriorating. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. Can I first say that I was fucking right? I mean, not exactly right, but I got the prediction right. Mm -hmm. But the weird thing that I... I The prediction about it being like a, a Jewish grieving thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know all the Jewish customs. I had many Jewish friends growing up. Now I have no friends, so it has nothing to do... <laughs> It's not like I changed that. It's just that I have I'm one not Jewish, and then and that's then it. that's it. Um, <laughs> but but I yeah, I guess that it was something about you know how they cover the mirrors when people die. I thought it was going to be something symbolic about uncovering a mirror because of yeah. the wife, and it was the fucking gravestone. I was like, whoa! But can I say this is what's crazy? What's crazy? I don't think I said this last time, but before we started this episode, even I was like, oh yeah, the unveiling. Part of my brain thought that the unveiling was going to have to be with Colin's brain, like something to do with like, because you know how there's like the blood brain barrier, or did I say this last week? Did I? I don't know. Or not? Or two no, weeks I ago. don't remember. 
Okay, so like part of me was like, should my guess be something about, but I couldn't think of a scientific term that actually matched unveiling, but I sure. thought it might be something to do with like, like the call or, you know, that's, that's like over a baby, but like I meant there's something mm -hmm. to do with like a membrane around the brain and stuff. So I wonder yeah. if it was that too, which is weird because it also involves brain oh stuff. So what totally. the fuck? So you predicted it had something to do with the fact that Ephraim's mom died and that Colin had a head trauma. I hate it's insane. you. Insane. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you did a great job. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you I don't, don't have to defend them. I am being stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you are. You are being stupid. It was a good and, and and I mean like yeah. Yes, you you um are stupid. <laughs> I don't I I don't remember my prediction, but I'm sure it was also correct. <laughs> I, I forget your I forget your prediction. I really should remember those things so we can address them. But I'm pretty sure yours was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well. So I mean, let's talk about this episode. This is okay. this is one of the few episodes in the DVD set of season one that has a commentary. Mm -hmm. So I've got some notes. For I watched the audio commentary yesterday and took some notes. So I'll try to kind of weave those in as we go. Mm -hmm. Um. So, uh, I mean, maybe worth kind of saying kind of generally. So one of the first things that the, that the people in the commentary. Um, first, can I which, ask who was who was doing the commentary? Yes. Um, it was. Hopefully it was the properties master <laughs> and the costume designer. The pants. What's weird is that they, the, the, the little box and the booklet that um is supposed to show who is involved in the commentary doesn't include everybody hmm. probably just because of lack of space they just decided oh. to put certain names awesome. so it, it says commentary by gregory smith who plays ephraim wow. executive producers greg berlanti and mickey mm -hmm. liddell greg berlanti being also the creator of the show the head yep. writer and co-writer co-executive producer rena mamoon who has the co-writing co credit with greg mm -hmm. berlanti also in the commentary was treat williams oh. mm -hmm. and Blake Neely, who does the music for the show. Oh, so a lot of lot of voices involved. They wrote like four notes for this episode. <laughs> Did you was it like re, like repetitive music? It just seemed like I kept hearing that same sad tune. It was well, the Everwood theme in sad form. Was it like a in, lot in of a it. minor key end, or yes, something? Yes, it was slow versions of that's why I was laughing at the end, even though it wasn't funny. It was very well done. I wasn't laughing at the actual episode. I was laughing at the music because I kept going. Da -da -da. Da -da -da. I never caught yeah, very... like a that mm. it was like a minor variation of the mm -hmm. actual theme. Mm -hmm. Like so, I, I, I will say that one of the one of the pieces of the commentary was Blake Neely saying that um, often for Everwood, and again this this commentary would have been recorded like what two thousand four maybe two thousand three mm. or two thousand four. Right. Um, Blake Neely talked about how like often for Everwood he would be able to write music for an episode based just on the script hmm. and that that often like worked out hmm. and, and and that's and that that's uncommon in television huh. um but he noted that for this episode especially like he couldn't do that that like huh. the music hmm. he wrote based just on the script ended up not working and so we had to like kind of scramble hmm. during the production process and be like oh this is not quite right for these moments especially mm -hmm. those scenes between andy and ephraim so i thought that was <clears throat> kind of interesting um but yeah so the writers like 
talked about how like this was like one of their favorite episodes mm -hmm. of, of the show um for them like they just talked about it as like there are there are like a few episodes i think each season they said that just like over the process of kind of breaking it in the writer's room and writing it and just like kind of growing it into a like what it is going to be that it just like it takes off and it has this feeling in the writer's room of like oh my god mm -hmm. this feels right this mm -hmm. feels good and it just mm -hmm. like takes on a life of its own so yeah. i mean that was kind of cool like listening to them talk about it i was also kind of like <laughs> worried because like i wasn't really watching the episode i was just listening to the commentary and i was like wow like i hope that this episode like kind of lives up to the because <laughs> 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 it's been a while since i watched it um uh, apparently it was they they had some kind of apparently there was a half hour long fight in the writing room about whether it was should be called unveiling or the unveiling oh they didn't really talk about why they went went with the unveiling eventually but that is what they eventually uh went with hmm. um and just overall and we'll we'll get into this um as we kind of go through the episode but the what they kind of started off talking about at the very beginning of the commentary was one reason that they loved loved this episode was because a lot of people apparently even then right a lot of people felt about Ephraim the way you feel about him now kt mm -hmm. that like a lot of people were angry at Ephraim for being so mean to his dad uh -huh. and just being such a little turd mm -hmm. and like what they liked is that finally right 18 episodes you get a, like good reason they have a, a little Thank reveal goodness i wrote that down i said wow now i actually see the tood about dad being justified. I lit. That's mm -hmm. my, do you see that? Yeah. Because, and I felt stupid after I wrote that. I'm like, I'm not going to say that during the podcast. Cause I feel like maybe I just was really bad. Like maybe it was so stupid that I couldn't picture it myself. But in that particular example, it was such a good example because it was something that was very important to Ephraim. And clearly this had happened so many times and he genuinely thought he was cheating on his mother. Yeah. I mean, that was like, Oh, like thank yeah. goodness! I, I I felt really dumb though it, after I wrote. No, because I think it's I think it was designed that way to hear okay. them talk about it. Like I mean, it's 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 kind of a bummer that it, like that we don't get it until it's this late. far in the season. Yeah, but it's also like I kind of think that's kind of cool. Uh huh. It's very cool because for him, it's the same fucking thing. He's all of a sudden getting a glimpse into the relationship of his parents and like his vision of his mother and his vision of his father. And that's completely changing. And my vision of Ephraim just completely changed. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Like really, yeah. really good writing. So, yeah. It's, I think it's, I think it is great. And uh, yes, yeah, in explaining kind of what, what, he, and we get to see what he lost, right? Mm -hmm. Why he was so angry after his mother's death. There are multiple parts of it, but part of that is actually getting to see mm -hmm. a like happier version of Ephraim from mm -hmm. before the events of like the the series and, and from mm -hmm. before his mother's death so yeah very cool that was kind of their initial thoughts um we we kick off with a with a piano lesson scene i loved kt while watching it you were like this is a piano lesson show we have to watch piano lessons <laughs> yeah. so we've dumb. had a, we've had a bunch of them lately well which is funny it was it was the, to me it honestly that writing felt first of all i think that actor is still fucking weird every direct or the direction <laughs> of those scenes is really fucking weird it's like this older guy is hitting on Ephraim every time. It seems like he has a sexuality or a, a sexual energy that is like trying to flirt with Ephraim for some reason. For me, I think that character is like is 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 weird and like trying to be like really 
cool with yeah, his piano right. students while also like being strict or something. It's, it's a weird, weird combination. It's really weird. He throws his power around like in a weird yes. way, and like making like having it from like look at these sheets of music for ten seconds and now play it right. <laughs> well, and that whole scene also was so like um. We literally just mentioned this movie, I think, the last time we recorded. Flash? Yeah. Like, any yeah. music movie. And I'm like, what are we... That's what I was saying. I mean, piano lessons, fine. But, like, we have to watch this inspiration. Like, it was like he was trying to be really cool yeah. about it. I'm like, what am I watching a whole piano movie in three minutes? Like, it was so funny dumb. That he, like, Ephraim's playing at the start. And then afterwards, Matt is like, you're off. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not, you're not in it, mm -hmm. right? And then immediately proceeds to like give him a new piece of music to play, and he says, "I don't want you to like to worry about getting about getting wrong. It's like, <laughs> you are giving mixed signals here, man." No, he's not. He said it wasn't about his tech how how he was technical. It was about how how he was feeling about yes, it. Yes, but he's also being super critical. Like he's being critical, and then he's like, "Hey, but guess what? Don't even worry. I'm not going to be as annoying as I just was when I said all <laughs> I mean, this shit." Like, <laughs> I think I think that that is the idea. Yeah, because like yeah. he like mm -hmm. Ephraim was like, did I? What was this? Was this? He was like, perfect. Right. It was great. It was yeah. excellent. Blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. That makes sense. Well, which brings us to so this, so this piece of music, which, by the way, like again, back when the, when this was airing, I was obsessed with all the music in the show, and I, and I, 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 I was obsessed with the Schubert Impromptu Number Three Opus Ninety. Yeah, like, like I like like the, a week before you bought a vinyl record of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was so no, cute. I, well, I had gotten the vinyl of Billie Holiday. Uh -huh. I, I, w I will, like, I want to get this piece of music on vinyl because that would be awesome. Like, I even just hearing it tonight watching the episode, I was like, oh my God, I love it. on your radar screen. You tell me what I'm supposed to do. What do you want from me? I just, I don't want to live like this anymore, Andy. I just can't. Then leave me, damn it. Take the kids and leave. I don't want to leave you. You know that. Now, I just want you to talk to me, Andy. Andy. You played the whole thing. I was wrong. I do know this one. But so, yeah, it's interesting. Like, so the, the kind of way that this episode kind of works, it's it's kind of like uh, Proust, <laughs> Remembrance mm -hmm. of Things Past, the, with the, the fucking, like, Madeline. I don't know how you pronounce it. But, like, this one thing, like, sparking, like, this whole, like, book, series of books of memory on the part of the main character. Mm -hmm. Like, this playing this song, which effort like greg smith plays Ephraim with like this kind of like blank face like i don't know this one but then he like starts playing it and we get a flashback to him playing it in new york mm -hmm. and it's like it triggers this whole like like uncovering of maybe I, I think some memories that like it seems like he's kind of repressed them in a way or he, right. he like this is well, kind of re-remembering yeah. like oh I think it's because it's the anniversary of his mom's death so he's all been, been, together. which yeah. which i love too because mm -hmm. like that totally had like he was playing that piece every day all day like mm -hmm. you would totally that totally happened yes. you would get back into yep. it like that happens like it's not even like close to how mm -hmm. it, su supreme it is but like i sometimes like when i 
hear a podcast or mm -hmm. think of a podcast specifically, I will remember like working at True Green and treating a specific lawn while listening to that podcast back yes. in 2010. Like, mm -hmm. yes. it's yes. weird. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the the way songs and music like work in terms of mm -hmm. preserving memory. <clears throat> so it makes total sense that he would kind of like uh, deny, like, I don't know this one. And then have this memory of, you know, his mom. Um, and then we flash back and like he's been playing, I guess, with the kind of feeling that Matt has been wanting. And Matt's like, you played the whole thing. <laughs> and he's like, I was wrong. I do know this one. I <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. Uh -huh. uh, then cut the titles. The cool thing about the commentary is they acknowledge that it was the first time being able to talk about the title sequence in a commentary because the, the title sequence wasn't there in the pilot. Uh -huh. And they just acknowledge the pretty, like that it's, you know, their, their attempt at like drawing on Norman Rockwell and those paintings mm -hmm. and kind of give the credits that twist on the all-American feeling that the show can kind of have. That's what mm -hmm. Greg Berlanti said. Um since we do have like just two storylines i think it i think we're fine kind of interweaving back and forth colin and amy uh-oh uh -oh. or you no said you'd no never do I it again i don't care well we can care follow <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a good enough episode that like i think all right be fun. all right <laughs> we got Col you, colin you, and i amy. swore i would never let you do it but i'm letting you do it oh no <laughs> <laughs> this is like my young Frankenstein moment. My, my Forrest McNeil, like, I'm going to want to do it. Mm -hmm. Never let me do it. Uh -huh. Amy and Colin making out is absolutely disgusting. It was we disgusting. The sound the design was so, it was so wet and loud. It was. It was gross. Yes, it wasn't even like it was quiet at first, and then when they got up to the face, it was loud. It was the face level the of loud the whole fucking time. Like they were puddles of mud bumping together. That was what they sounded what, was, like. Was it actually? Were we actually supposed to think that he was fingering her? Ew! Oh my god! No, we were supposed what? to think that she that she was doing surgery on his brain <laughs> <laughs> with her tongue. <laughs> um, they find they she hears uh Rose and Harold arriving, and so they run, they dash down to be on the couch. And in the commentary, it was funny, I forget who said it, but somebody was like, Colin should not have run to the couch because he's like so sweaty, yes, so like not. Uh, I, I, I also definitely appreciated the touch of him putting the pillow on his lap. Uh huh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And, uh -huh. <laughs> And I wonder, like, because Rose was like, isn't it time you should be leaving? He's like, oh, my dad will pick me up soon. I'm wondering if it's like he just doesn't want to <laughs> yep. stand up right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Rose had a great line. They, I guess she and Harold went to the movies, and she's like, it was great. I wish someone would tell that Renee Zellweger to stop losing weight. That was so fucked up. My what movie goodness. did they see? What was? What would Chicago? it have been? 2003? She was pretty skinny, she was pretty that skinny sounds in that. Like it sounds like Chicago. Mm -hmm. And that was around the time that I think that people were commenting on her weight all the goddamn time. So way to not only be a shitty joke, but the way to be completely unoriginal ever would. No, it was Rose. Rose, aren't you the mayor? Oh, wait, where was it? Could it have been Cold Mountain? So let's see. Chicago released in December 2002. So that totally could have still been in theaters. And then the next one is... 
Down With Love, which didn't release until May. So, yep. Very good, Katie. I'm amazing. I know my Renee Zellweger. I like Renee Zellweger. But also, that is that's great because it's it it feeds into Harold's love of musicals. Yes! It totally does. Oh yeah. my god. Mm-hmm. <gasps> that's, that's really good. cool. I love that detail. That's great. Um, we've got the Browns. This is when we kind of when Andy starts explaining to Nina the the whole concept of the unveiling. An unveiling is a Jewish custom. The year after someone passes away, family and friends gather around the gravesite to see the headstone get unveiled. According to Jewish beliefs, when someone dies, the immediate family is supposed to say Kaddish. That's the mourner's prayer, three times a day, every day for an entire year. After that year is up, they believe that the soul has reached heaven. So when you unveil the stone, it signifies that person is now resting in peace. Wow. I'm impressed, Andy. Did uh, you minor in religious studies? He was on the internet all day. Where are you going? Eating in my room, if that's okay. Sure. He's having a rough time with his trip, huh? Maybe. Feels like something else, though. He's barely looked at me all week. It's like he slipped back into Ephraim five months ago. That Ephraim was so unpleasant. Well, go easy on him. I'm sure he'll be better once this is over. Let's hope. They talked about it in the commentary that, like, explaining, like, Aunt, like Andy's not Jewish, but Julia was Jewish. Mm-hmm. So Andy's kids are Jewish. And he doesn't really know what he's talking about. Um, but he's, like, clearly trying his best. Like, he did the research. Um, and, and Trent Williams jumped in the commentary, and he's like, nor can I entirely remember my lines. <laughs> like, he oh, remembered... Really? He's really struggling with the lines and basically saying that like it was saved in the editing that like if this seems like somebody actually like talking normally like it's thank you to the editors. Oh. <laughs> Is he talking about the whole show or just that scene? <laughs> he talked about it during that scene, but I mean, he did talk later about just how like grueling the schedule is especially during a first season of a TV show, I think wow. apparently. Like when they're still trying to figure out like what the show is and how to yeah. make the show like it is is so he spent he, a few times in the commentary talked about how like exhausting it was they probably yeah. do a lot more rewrites and things mm-hmm. like that yeah um plus they have to like see what movie renee zellweger is in so they can <laughs> write it appropriately of course meanwhile we got the abbots um amy and dr abbott harold Soda is just battery acid for your insides. I know that that's true, but I still, I can't quit it. I have a Diet Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. right here. I, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. I like, I, I, I like cold water too, but I just. I think I, one I, thing is I'm, I, I still drink soda too much, but like for some reason I was, it was weird to me to drink it in pajamas. Okay. So right now I was just about to say, Adam is drinking soda too late for my liking. I would never drink a soda that late. I was looking yeah. at her and I was like, she's in her yeah. fucking pajamas. I'm what not the like, fuck I am. I'm literally eating but listen, Cheetos I'm eating right Cheetos, now. Cheetos, yeah. So, so don't that. even, yeah. it's, 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 it's just it's, a taste, I'm, like a personal I'm taste. In, I'm in my pajamas drinking, drinking yeah. diet. It was just interesting to me. Cause I was going to say that same comment. Like what the fuck? That soda's really like late. And then poor Adam's drinking. No, it sounds like, we're judging him, and I'm like Cheetos. Yeah, no, judge away. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not taking care of myself. <laughs> I, 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 I wonder if the decision to like have her drinking soda at night, I guess that that like must have been intentional to kind of try to like start setting up this idea that Amy is still like a, a child, mm-hmm. and, like like she's like it, it, like you well, know. 
to be fair, though, he was eating cookies and milk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> But I will say, I feel like even though that is very a ch- much a childhood snack, it's also a very much an old person yep. thing to do mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Yeah. Eating cookies and milk. Like, not, not meal, like old person. Yep. It's so like a classic mm-hmm. 1950s thing. Yeah. At the very least, the contrast between cookies and milk yeah. and her soda seems mm-hmm. to be setting up right this, right. like, there's going to be a split happening. That's really good. Uh, yeah. So things seem to be working out with you and Colin? <sighs> Definitely. So glad I asked. Just feels like us again, you know? I mean, the way I remembered us, only better, more adult or something. It's like before I thought I was in love with him, but that was just me, you know, pretending. But now I feel it, and he feels it, and I know he feels it, and it's like... Amy. Yeah? Perhaps we should continue this conversation when you're 30. Good night, Good night. Dad? Hmm? When's he gonna be well again? What do you mean, honey? Well, I mean, Colin's doing great. Better than anyone thought he would. But I just hate to see him go through the side effects of the surgery, you know? What side effects? I mean, like the normal stuff. Throwing up. Not like he does that a lot, but... Well, I'm sure it's just the stress of everything. I wouldn't worry about it. Dr. Brown and the Denver team, they're watching him like a hawk. God, I feel so much better now. I think I'll actually sleep. With all that caffeine in your system, good luck. Please, this is like nothing. I never picked up until now how, like, kind of bad parenting it is for him to be, like, uncomfortable with that and to be, like, perhaps we should continue this conversation when you're 30. Like, I think that that is a moment, again, it's a moment to my eye where, like, the writing where they are they need to set up the dynamic for them to like have a conflict in this episode. Yeah. And to, and to kind of, to in order to set that up, they are having Harold kind of not be as good of a parent as he usually is. Granted, yeah. like he makes mistakes and, 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 and like, you know, in that moment I buy it, that he would be uncomfortable. And like, the other it, thing it, is right. Like, I don't think that it even necessarily to me, it seemed like a gentle joke enough that it even could mean, let's not have this conversation right now. Let's wait until tomorrow. I'm about to go to sleep. Like, it didn't sure. even feel like he was like, I don't want to ever talk about this with you ever. Right. Like, it delivery, didn't feel that harsh. The delivery was good. It was. He wasn't, it was like, good. super grossed out or anything. He was just like, okay, this is a little overwhelming for me right now. Like, that's kind of what I, more of what I felt. So I'm drinking cookie and milk. And, like, <laughs> the sound of cookies and milk sounds like, <laughs> You kissing Colin. We heard it outside in the car. (laughs) It was like two trash bags filled with jello, just (laughs) getting whipped around someone's head, and they're having a jello fight with trash bags. That's what it sounded like. It was too much. Amy shares with, with, with her dad about the side effects of the surgery uh, because yeah, Colin threw up after his physical activity of kissing her and running around the house. <laughs> yep. And so, yeah, definitely setting up like some stuff with Colin and some concern around that. Mm-hmm. This is and during the commentary, the writers expressed like that they were really happy, that they're really happy when they can like in an episode, like explore two parallel storylines in the two family homes of like the Abbots and the Browns. I don't know if, I don't know if that's really happened 
so far as cleanly mm. as it kind of does in this episode. Yeah, I don't think but, I don't think so either. Hmm. But they kind of identified it as like, oh, this is a dynamic that we yeah. like, and so I think it, they may they might end up they might have ended up doing it more cool. in subsequent seasons. I, I would say probably the closest one that comes to mind immediately is when they both have to go get their kids like drive together. Yeah, to go get their kids. but that was together. Yeah. Yeah. But I loved that. So That's much. just the first thing that pops. Up yeah. Right. Yeah. So there are moments like that. I think that this. I think this might have been a first time that like, an, a whole episode kind of lent itself to that kind of structure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got the Browns. Oh, Andy going into Ephraim's room. You know, the point of docking is completely eliminated. <laughs> um, Andy asks Ephraim if he wants to do the Kaddish at the unveiling. Um, it, yeah, it was during this scene that Blake Neely was talking about the the music and how. Like if, scene, uh, scenes like that one, like, like the scenes between Andy and Ephraim, where he was like, "Yeah, I didn't nail it based on the script." Like, mm. it, it, like it was a really delicate kind of like balance that we had to strike then. And yeah, uh, initially I wrote chopsticks, and it just didn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blake Neely. <laughs> um, get another flashback here. Fun part of the commentary was them talking about the purple hair nightmare. Oh my God. Rena, the co-writer wrote, you know, we could not get Gregory's hair purple enough in between every rehearsal. He had to keep running back to the makeup trailer and he'd come back with what looked like white liquid paper in his hair. (laughs) Make it pour purple mousse in. And apparently like they also then had to also use like a bunch of like brown gel Mm. in, in addition to like the purple mousse. Apparently it was like a whole fucking thing. They were like, (laughs) <laughs> laughing about it but also like cringing like mm-hmm. that was a nightmare. the one thing that i i didn't like it just the nature of having the way it works but like with the flashbacks is that kids change so much in a year yeah <laughs> that it's like this is the same person <laughs> he's not a year younger because it's they it's so such drastic changes yeah. i wish he age. was having a beard in the future version <laughs> why not and like yeah and like and, uh, you know you see them trying to mitigate it by yeah, adding it back to the purple hair uh-huh. and they also i mean like the, in the commentary they the, like at least from their perspective they gave a shout out in a later flashback scene to like to Gregory Smith for like you know that in his performance that he was at least trying to kind of age down Ephraim. I noticed it a couple times. That like in his that he was kind of trying to act like a less mature. The one time I really noticed it was when it was in a later flashback when he was thinking that uh, his dad was cheating on his mom and yelling at his mom to leave him and then he walks away down the hallway. The way he walked away, I was like, oh, that's different. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, I think it's literally the scene that that they mentioned that during. Mm. So I think that that makes sense. Harold, any particular reason for this Brady Bunch outing? (laughs) Wait, but when do we get to talk about the argument stuff? Like, are we going back and forth? There's a couple different ones. There's one. I'm going in chronological order. Because, like, this is one of my earliest notes, but we didn't touch about, like, the argument that he, Ephraim, came in on the parents. Oh, no, um, let's talk about it. Because all I want to say is that Treat Williams can't sound angry. Like, he just can't. <laughs> like, it's, he's the, his little voice. It's, like, just so oh, Treat oh, Williams. His little voice. Just wait like, till he's on this podcast it. and defends himself. I know, poor Then Treat you'll Williams. hear angry. Treat Williams, see, the thing about Treat Williams is that if he ever heard, it's one of two things. Either if he heard me being so mean, he'd be like, what a terrible person, or he'd just be really hurt. And that makes me sad. I don't want to make Treat Williams be sad. <laughs> I think he might just be like, 
oh yeah they're entitled to their opinion i'm gonna go ski in vermont <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but for real what the fuck he was like he's it was something like well then leave me god damn it but it was like He's like, he tries, he tries so hard to be mad, but it's like, I can hear the trying. And so he, it's, it's, he's just Treat okay. Williams. I wonder but, if Treat Williams is ever angry, like really hmm. angry. I bet he, I bet he does get, I, I think he gets angry about politics on Twitter. I bet, um, <laughs> yes. And great like, nuts. I, I think he's such like a nice guy that yes. like anger is like, always seems like a, like a layer added like put up Exa on top that's of him. yes like an like, like he's totally trying yes there, mm -hmm. but there is an i i would argue that there is an exception to that in this episode which we will get to later mm, okay. um but i oh, but i totally oh. hear it in, in that I know flash what you're talking about. Sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah yeah i'm wrong it's not that he can't be angry it's that he can't shout angry he can't be outbursty angry he can't be aggressively angry although but the but the, i mean if you remember in the pilot like when he screams at ephraim in the street like I thought that was pretty good angry acting. It's been I a lot a long remember. time since we <laughs> Yeah, that was the pilot. What in the street? What happened? Outside their house. Yeah, Ephraim's like, I wish you died instead of her. Well, I wish I did too, you little bastard. Like like I you know Yeah, it's but it was I rem I think I remember like for me, it felt like there's something in Treat's little heart that when oh. he even acts angry and says something like, you little bastard, it like hurts him inside. So you can't hear the full passion of the anger yeah. in the voice. I and think that's it's a very like, nice problem to have. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm. it's like, it's a, it's a criticism, but it's like, it's endearing. Like, I, I'm, I'm being critical, I understand, but like, I... I think it's just shows that I feel like Tree Williams is probably just like this really sweet guy who can't really get angry. Well, when he's in the suit store with Ephraim, I really liked his acting um, when he's trying to help Ephraim out. And Ephraim uh -huh. like turns away. He plays hurt. Yes. Really well in that, in that um, scene. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to skip ahead, but holy shit, there was some, I mean, I wrote down, where was it? Treat Williams. Treat Williams heart, heart, heart in chairs talking to Ephraim. The one where he's when he at closer the to the in end his office. when yeah. he's like talking about this betrayal. Oh it is so oh god, so it was good. so good. Yes. Um, oh god, it was around here. It was during the the suit store scene that Treat was like, <laughs> oh no, okay. They were talking about the grueling hours, especially in the first season of show. Greg Berlanti, and this dates the commentary so well. <laughs> Greg Berlanti said. You know, I often joke that if they ever find Osama bin Laden, they should make him run a television show in the first year. Oh, finding Osama bin Laden, and then Treat jumped in and and joked or be on it. Like Treat was really <laughs> it's hard for the actors. Can I tell you that doesn't surprise me at all? I can even picture him saying it because I can I. This is again. I'm so mean <laughs> to Treat Williams. But when we watch, for example, the Christmas movie, the one where he was sitting in the pews and they did a dance, was that the, the Dolly Parton one? Yes. Okay. When we watch the Dolly Parton Christmas movie, that fucking particular scene with him in the pews and everyone's dancing around him. And granted, Treat Williams is about 20 years older now. You know, he's an older man. But his like enthusiasm for acting is like, listen, I'm in the background right now. I don't even give a fuck. And I'm like, whoa, Treat Williams. Like he, I think that he is a guy who he probably works very hard and stuff, but he seems like more of just like a guy that's like one of those people that is like a few people I know who, when they're tired, they're just like, well, I'm done now. 
Like I can't do anymore. I already did my stuff for the day. Like I exerted all the energy I can. So, you know, you're going to get my half-assed, like not even in a, a, a jerky way, just more like I can't do it. Like I just can't. Well, well, I mean, his, that scene in the suit store, like he, he specifically said that like they had had a late night the night before yeah, and then had to be up early for this shoot. And like, he was pointing out like how bad, like the, the bags under his eyes. Yes. And yet, you know, he turned in a pretty great. Yes. Oh, I mean, that's, yes. Who does you treat Williams? Yes. Um, we get another flashback here into uh, Ephraim getting a suit for his recital in New York. Mm -hmm. with his mom. Look at you. You are going to be the most handsome young man at your recital. I'm going to mess up the mental part again. I can't get that right. You're obsessing again. I'm not obsessing. I just want it to be perfect. You're driving all the way out to Jersey for this. What are you smiling about? Nothing. You're just so much like your father sometimes. I'm nothing like him. Don't be angry with him, Ephraim. He feels awful about everything. He called you, didn't he? Yeah, but only because you told him to. How did you know that? Oh, you think I don't know that you sign his name on the birthday cards, too? And pick out the presents? You know, when we first met, he wasn't always this... This much of a jerk? I was going to say wasn't always this busy. <laughs> when we first met, I was very different. Probably didn't fight as much, either, huh? Your father and I don't fight that much. Mom. Have you decided whether or not you're going to invite Gwen Stefani to the recital? You know her name's not really Gwen Stefani, right? <laughs> it's Catherine. And she just kind of looks like her. And no, I mean, I changed my mind. Really? Well, I thought it was a brilliant tactical maneuver on your part. How do you figure? She'd be seeing you in your element. Do you remember when John Augustine got the lead in your school play last year? He had all the girls in love with him after that. That boy couldn't act his way out of a paper bag, not to mention his dandruff. Mom! Well, it wasn't about his looks. Those girls fell in love with his presence on stage, his confidence. That's what draws the women in. And sweetheart, when you play the piano, you have no idea, but your whole body changes. You sit down on that bench and, and forget about all your insecurities. It's like you finally allow yourself to be who you really are. A total piano dork? An unbelievably gifted musician. <laughs> Mom, Mom, the, the pins. Okay, the pins. <laughs> One thing that they pointed out in the commentary is that Ephraim, I think it's at the end of the scene that he's like kind of laughing and like reliving that enjoyment, that conversation. They point out Ephraim is now as crazy as his father. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Andy reliving these conversations, and now mm -hmm. Ephraim's doing it too. Um, Greg Berlanti shared after the scene that like, because of again we see happy Ephraim like joking and laughing mm -hmm. and smiling with his mom um that his Greg Berlanti's family called him after that episode and said hey that kid finally smiled yeah <laughs> that's awesome and Gregory in the commentary was like I was I was saving it and uh <laughs> mm -hmm. treat, treat joked uh yeah I heard he might do it again next season <laughs> nice that's adorable the um that scene made me uncomfortable anxious though the one with the suit fitting mm -hmm. or whatever because like if it were me like and someone were fitting me for a suit and they're like i'll be right back yeah. i would not move yes. like i would like not yeah. not like move an inch and he like goes and, and sits down yep. and then yep. his mom wrestles him i'm like the pins are yes. falling, not just <laughs> getting poked like yes. he's ah! <laughs> you're Sign messing up all the work neurotic yep. about weird mm -hmm. stuff like that everyone ends up really being about class and like this is entitled white <laughs> new yorkers uh-huh whatever the fuck they want yeah mm -hmm. Ephraim's dad is a famous neurosurgeon. Yeah. He doesn't understand how much privilege he they has. They are so rich. Yeah, I had that I thought as they that... strolled yep. into their apartment. 
giant fucking mansion. The next scene was Andy visiting the hearts, right? Um, oh my God. The first time. A lot, the first time there are two scenes with him okay. in the hearts. Um, he pays a visit based on the fact that, you know, yeah, Amy had told uh, Harold about the vomiting and Harold mentioned it outside the street casually to, to Andy. You know, like, yeah, I heard Colin might have calmed down or something. He's mm-hmm. some nausea, like, you know, out of genuine, you know, right, concern, <laughs> like responsible right. Con- expression of yeah. concern for his health. Um, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about this. Like, the, um, I mean, immediately the attitude, there's attitude there. Like, yes. on, like they're like, like just giving him lip of like, oh, I, mean, I guess you didn't save us that. <laughs> that right away. After all. Yeah. You want us to send our son away again? For a while, yes. There are facilities I can recommend that... Doctor, we just cut our son back. We don't want to ship him off to some psych ward just because you have a gut feeling. Look, I understand how hard this is for you, but you guys have to trust me. All of Colin's other doctors are very positive and supportive. And that's what he needs right now, not more testing. And certainly not to be separated from his family and friends just when he's starting to feel comfortable again. This would only be for a short while. You know, a mother has instincts too. And right now, mine are telling me that you may no longer be the best doctor for my son. I'm sorry? We've talked about this a lot, Dr. Brown. Back in New York, you only performed surgery. Well, that's correct, but... Uh... Don't get me wrong. I, I would never underestimate what you've done for my son. I, I'll be eternally grateful, but... There is a difference between a surgeon and a full-time family physician. You're still looking for problems. We're just looking for peace. Can you understand that? Yes, I do understand that. But I also understand that you don't want to deal with the severity of what's happened to Colin. And as your doctor and your friend, I am telling you, he is not out of the woods yet. His symptoms could worsen. We'll be mindful of that, but you don't have to worry about it anymore. We appreciate you stopping by. Don't do this, please. You're making a big mistake. I think it's time for you to go, doctor. Thank you for everything. I, I won't forget it. How? So, so, and again, like, I totally picked up on, like, your frustration while watching, KT. Uh, so, like, to what extent is this a totally realistic depiction of some really shitty, idiotic people? Mm-hmm. And to what extent is it, like, bad writing yeah kind of rely on that because i you you know what i'm gonna argue which is like hey these people exist Mm -hmm. and like you're supposed to be frustrated by them and like you know we're really supposed to like okay but here's the thing so you have watched the whole show at least the whole first season no i only (laughs) watched i only watched this far originally i I wanted to save the last few episodes for like a decade down the line listen (laughs) that it Unless it comes out that these people are just truly atrocious monsters, like child abusers or child neglectors, like unless that becomes a focal point of the show, I think that this goes beyond just being ignorant. It's like they're actively pushing away the smartest doctor. Why? Because he shows a slight like caring about this surgery that he performed and this kid like they don't 
it's they're so 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 either so 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 self-centered that they literally don't care about their kid or they're so 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 stupid to the point where the writing sucks i think because like what like even stupid people exist but it doesn't mean they don't love their kids and if a doctor came up to them or not even a doctor like just somebody come on like really saying your kid could die like it's the brain. They're, like this kid had a fucking car accident and then a major brain surgery. And you're just going to completely think that for what reason? I'm not even getting money from this. It's free healthcare. It is completely unfathomable that somebody would be like, what? Does, do they think that he's molesting him? Do they think that what is the well, fucking thing? I, there? I, so, so, so I do think so. I do think that like. Colin's treatment at this point is well beyond like free healthcare from from Dr. Brown, right? Like every they, they, I'm sure they have a lot of medical bills from Denver from mm-hmm. like like rehab stuff. Like so that I think that does factor into it probably. But like they're but there's but part of the thing that they keep saying or they implied a couple times was like, "Ooh, you're here again." Like, "Ew, why?" It was like this weird like, no, "Why they, are you they, here?" They even said it though in this episode. They said every other doctor we talk to thinks Colin is fine. Right, These but results, this is oh, he's, the top he's getting, brain surgeon and the doctor that did the brain surgery. I understand. I know. Yeah. But it's because they love him. Like, it, you get to a point. What? No, no, no. No, no, not him. Not the doctor. Sorry, their son. They no, love- no, no. I don't think they do. That's the point. Like, it's not even just the fucking this stuff. It's the stuff where they're letting him go to school, get completely overwhelmed. He's running around. He's getting sick on a routine no, it's, basis. It's, 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 it's like a form of denial, basically. It's, it's, they're they just want exhausted him and they to, want be to be okay. Done. They want okay. him to be fine. They I don't can, want him to be in danger. I can see like a little bit danger, of denial. But you know, I, he. Maybe, then the actor, you know what? Like, and I don't so, know. You get this thing where they people, seem terrible. you know, it's it's almost it's kind of like the conversations people have nowadays about like confirmation bias. Like you mm-hmm. want to right. be told you want the to be told the thing you, you want to hear, think yeah. or right. whatever. Yes. Like mm-hmm. so, and again, it's not like seven doctors are all telling them that it's bad, and they're just like, don't go to a doctor anymore. Again, they go to Denver, like they, they, all of these things, and everything seems fine. And you know. Man. I just, I it's just seems People, so stupid. Maybe I'm, I trust and also experts too it's much hard too because we're like it's like what they're they're saying you're looking for like we're they're they say to him you're looking for problems like we're doing that because we're watching a TV show like that's the other thing too we're from this perspective of like there's got to be some conflict like there's an issue so but that, we haven't had any other instances of Doctor Brown looking for problems no no I'm not saying that's what he's doing I'm saying that's no what no no we're but doing. I'm saying them to, for them to say that it seems really stupid he's voicing a that's concern the justification have we had no just themselves. remind me have we had any other episodes where Doctor Brown has shown up or expressed any like hey like i'm worried about colin ever besides like when he did the surgery and maybe maybe a follow-up i don't even remember i don't remember have there been any well we haven't seen him talk to the 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 parents specifically like in the context of like flagging a concern like Mm -hmm. that i think they've been building up to it right like again like this Mm -hmm. is like they have to kind of just feed little 
coins into the slot every once in a while. So we saw him kind of with the rage and like breaking the window and and Andy kind of talking to Ephraim like, so what's going on here? And like, so gradually we've seen like Andy be like, something's going on. I th- Yeah, but and, like, have, has he approached the parents at all? Like, no, have that's, we gotten... that's the function of this episode is that now it's happening. But, and the suggestion but their reaction is, just it's... seems to be like weird. Like to me, maybe I was misreading it, but it felt like they were skeezed out by him. Like, why are you so worried about my kid? And I'm like, uh, you know because what? he's funny. the doctor. There's, a, there's an episode of Fred that this reminds me of where Fraser helps a, a Habitats for Humanity uh-huh. build a house for like this needy family and then he like keeps like involving himself in like trying to help them like with their interior decoration in the house. <laughs> oh my goodness. And like he's just like well, you don't want it to be like this. Like, right. I really want it to be this way. Yeah. And he keeps showing up <laughs> yeah. and the family is just increasingly like uh Okay, no more. See, that's why I'm asking. Has there even been a circumstantial time? Like, could they even have thought, like, they ran into each other in the street and Dr. Brown was like, hey, or how you doing? Like, was there ever another fucking time where he seemed to be going out of his way? Because right now it was implied that they were like, ew, why are you always around? And like, you're voicing too many concerns. Like, literally, this is the smartest fucking neurosurgeon in the country. No, it's, it's been it's... said a thousand times and they don't care about his opinion. They don't even want to... Again, it's because they want their son to be well. And so like, they're in their home That's on so a Sunday stupid. and then their doctor shows up. Like, it, it, it hurts, to, Yeah, it's like... Are these people that stupid, though? Like, you know that when you have a yes. concussion, like, throwing up is a huge deal. And, like, this kid had major brain trauma and guess, surgery, and he's puking I, I, so, so often. I, I, again, like, I, you know... So frustrating for me. I'm sorry. Would, <laughs> it is not, like, I get it, but I, I would suggest that I don't think the writers intend for anybody to watch this and be like, yeah, they're being sensible. Right, like, they right, because are... we know we're on Andy's side. I'm yes. just saying that it seems so, like... To me, it seems so cartoonishly like villainous that it doesn't seem plausible. It's not supposed to be villainous. That lady has rusting bitch face, like completely. Like <laughs> okay. she's so cold. Now, okay. now this I, is your issue. Well, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like she no. doesn't care, and the old man is like the oldest dad ever. It seems Denethor. like. He's like I'm I can't now not think of Denethor because of you. Right. Anytime he's on screen. So like, what's happening with this couple? It's I, there's something just so weird to me. about about this couple every time I'm bothered. I think it's a very believable depiction of like faux aggressive, probably not even faux aggressive, like conservative (sighs) white, uh, like parents who are kind of like anti-science. Like, 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 Jesus. And you, just, and you just want things to feel okay. And that's why it bothers you so much. Yes, I know. Because that's, it's a depiction of a Of people that I know thing. exist, but I like don't and know. I don't see, I'm not denial. friends with any of those people. Like see, I surround I, like, myself with people who Everwood, believe in so science. So that way you know they're here and you're like I just want some peace. Uh, so here so here do you want do you want something like this is kind of a like an issue of like you're you have a headache so I'm going to punch oh, your I thought, arm. I thought you were going to say do you want to know like they both they, both those actors got murdered after the season one <laughs> does that no. make you feel better kt no. i was hoping i'm gonna i'm gonna say something that's gonna make you matter oh, you're gonna be, be no. madder about this adam you are, are you oh god trying to be helpful no because you brought up that 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 actress with the resting bitch face 
which may or may not, I think it's just a performance. That's that actress is Nancy. Oh Everhard. yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean the actress necessarily. I think she's very pretty. I just mean like, I think that as this fucking the character, this character, she just oh, seems so cold and horrible. I don't mean the actress. Yeah. I did not mean the actress is doing. Okay. A bad job. Well then, then, then maybe this won't make you mad, but I was reminded in this commentary that Nancy Everhard, who plays Khan's mom oh. is married to Tom Amandis in real life. How cool is that? I think it's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. What else is were she they, in? Were they married wanna, at this time? Yeah, were they married? Did this the how they, they met, meet? or were they already married did, and that's why they're did together? Did she just get in the job? That is a great question. Let's look. It I up, think Nancy. they're a very handsome couple. I'm picturing them together, and that's like such a really mm-hmm. like that's they a were very no they couple. they married in 1996, so they they oh. were together. So she for, got him the job. She got him the job, <laughs> or he got her the job. Little nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> or they were a package deal. Either oh, way, okay. I think they're still together, and that's well. Oh wait, they are still together. Her character this, this... sucks so hard, and his is so great, and that sucks for her. That is sexist and dumb. She is the worst character on the show besides Amy. Ugh. Well, okay. I'm gonna jump in here with an excerpt from a 2016 interview with Treat Williams. Mm. He was promoting his Hallmark show, Chesapeake Shores, and there was a bit of the interview where. They were the interviewer asked, um, saying many of the fans asked if you stay in contact with the cast of Everwood. And he wrote or responded, um, Oh gosh, yes. In fact, I communicate. I'm going to skip this part. Wait, what? I communicate with Chris on occasion through Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I like ugh. that that's how he stays in touch with Chris Pratt. You that's know how why? Because Chris it's. Lets him- that's yeah, bad. it's probably that's like that's real. That's really fucked up. Treat Williams, don't. That's not You're a friendship. You're publicist treat. Chris, Chris Pratt is garbage <laughs> treat number one, but number two, <laughs> number two, that's not friendship. Okay, it's prattling on with uh, gay three. We're talking about how Chris Pratt is a dick to treat. Yes, you know what? That's going to be the subject right now because Treat Williams, you poor man that I have been harassing this whole fucking stupid podcast. I'm so sorry, Treat Williams. I am not worthy to watch your show, your glorious show called Everwood. Because also, if you think Chris Pratt is your friend, if you're interacting on Twitter, that is not the truth because Chris (laughs) Pratt is just like, that's like, that's like a bad son that's like calls his dad once every yeah. three years. Like yeah. treat Williams. Chris Pratt is so self-centered and full of his own. Like, look at my abs. I'm so great now. Like I'm God. It's sickening. He's disgusting. Treat you live in Vermont and you look at the snow and you want your grape nuts and you're like such a sweet little man. And you need to like, just drop Chris Pratt and say, listen, Chris Pratt probably likes Donald Trump or something really problematic. And and we know he goes to a church that doesn't like LGBTQ people. Treat, treat, treat. Right. I'm doing treat. I'm doing research. Oh, treat, treat, treat. Are you a bird? I'm doing research. I'm I'm pulling up Chris Pratt's yeah, and... Twitter to see if he follows treat. Oh, oh my God. God. If they don't fo- are you kidding me? Don't even if say he doesn't that. follow Treat Williams. We have to tell him. I don't think he follows Treat Williams oh on Twitter. God. Fuck Chris that, Pratt. So I'm really sad for, for Treat. He's like trying to like I know Chris Pratt. I worked with him, like we're friends. I keep I, I tweeted him on Twitter. Yeah, he's like, I liked I like all of his pictures on the Twitter. 
That's what Treat oh, Williams that's, says. That's that bad. makes me angry. Uh, Fuck we you, have Chris to Pratt. Treat Williams against Chris fucking Pratt. Treat All right. Williams is a glorious little man who looks at snow and does things with planes. <laughs> I, this, it's like so sweet. This, and this has been prattling on and defending Treat. Fuck Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> rattling on let's move on with this episode let's stay on my lawn um let's treat my right. lawn <laughs> let's treat my lawn that's good that's very good and remember uh, a podcast so so treat went on to say we we shot the show we shot chesapeake shores on vancouver island in canada and i made a point that i flew over to vancouver and greg greg smith and i had a very very long and lovely dinner just about four weeks ago just before i left so that's i really love that i love like knowing that like he and gregory smith like got together and had a long nice dinner together um he said he's directing now for Greg Berlanti, and I'm so proud of him. So apparently Greg Smith has done some directing on some, maybe some other shows that Greg Berlanti has created. Um, and I stay in touch with my daughter, of course, Vivian Cardone. She's mm-hmm. in Long Island, and she just has graduated from college. That was in 2016. I recently had an interaction you. with a man named Adam Lover on Twitter. <laughs> all about on Twitter a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, Trey mentions that. She's... Uh, <laughs> She's. In- <laughs> I yes. liked. I liked the interaction, so I think I'm friends with Adam now too. Is what Treat oh, said. Say friends. <laughs> Sad. Um, but then this is. He wrote. He said. Uh, and Tom Amandes came to visit me in Vermont last summer. I took him flying with Nancy, his oh wife. Oh my god. We had a wonderful week together in Vermont. So we're all very close. We're all old friends. Oh, None wait. of the contact has stopped. Okay. The ones. The ones I worked with more intentionally. I have more contact with because we were able to get closer and i've worked with some of them since that time and it's always been wonderful to see everybody um and i've worked with uh, yeah so everyone stays in touch and there's a lot of love that floats out there for everwood we're all very proud of it so that's very nice i just loved i just love picturing tom amandis and nancy mm-hmm. everhart going to visit treat and his wife in vermont and like hanging mm-hmm. out that's so i hope they've for done that week. again since 2016 it sounds like um the you know the movie white christmas that's the one where they go to the and they with the colonel in the hotel that's that one right? right white christmas yeah it reminds me of white christmas because it's just like just because of all the photos that treat has been posting lately with his, you know, picturesque property and all the snow and going skiing or whatever the heck he's doing. But like, it's adorable. Like that kind of thing where it's like, they, they came over and spent a week at my abode and I flew on a plane with it. Like I flew around in my little plane. Yeah. So it's like, it's magical, like old movie star Mm -hmm. magical. I think treat Williams thinks he's like, clark gable or something maybe you know what i mean like not not delusions of grandeur more like he's like i'm part of the biz i'm friends with chris pratt all right treat williams i'm so sorry (laughs) he's so cute Um, oh i'm terrible don't let me talk anymore since we're already kind of like have this little detour there's some other stuff that happened in the commentary that's worth kind of noting part of it is that um so they talked about how they liked filming in in salt lake city slash park city Utah. I think they're kind of close um, because they, well, Greg Berlanti was joking that um, there's not a lot to do there, which keeps Gregory and the other actors focused. Like Gregory mm-hmm. couldn't be out like partying all night. Everything <laughs> closed down. So like that was kind of funny. Um, Park City, Utah was apparently like Greg Berlanti had never actually been to Colorado. So when he was writing like the show and envisioning the show, he was actually like Park City, Utah, where they filmed was kind of their, his reference point for what huh. he was kind of picturing. Um, 
and treat when to, when they were talking about their like shooting location and everything he said he was like my wife and children and i have a house in vermont and we're avid skiers <laughs> so he was like i highly recommend park city utah for skiing greg and i both ski um and he said like i, I feel like we're extremely lucky that we weren't that we're not doing a cop show in detroit just mm-hmm. <laughs> fun treat nobody would think you're a cop from detroit don't worry so part of this in between those two <laughs> oh, poor Treat Williams. Um All right. If there was a show about two cops in Detroit and when it was just called Good Cop, Bad Cop, and Treat was just always the good cop. That I want, I would I want Okay, I want a show called Treat Detective, where <laughs> it's just Treat as like a really nice guy, like innocent baby cop, and then it's like his partner is like a nihilist, depressed. <laughs> awful person and yes! like yeah i think that'd be great oh Treat my detective. god yes I, I would love that so related related to the hearts being like fucking obtuse we in a scene between those two colin is mad at amy for apparently for telling her de- it's like you know which i guess I, it, it is frustrating it's mm-hmm. like but I, but but also I get like true to life in a way like there are there's mm-hmm. that certain type of person teenager. especially well it's teenager like, too and men, men who were like, I don't yeah. want to go to the, I just want to like, I'll be fine. Like, leave me alone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So him being mad at Amy, and then that makes her mad at, uh, at Harold, which we'll see later. We got this great scene um, with Ephraim and Delia, which brings me to the sponsor for tonight's episode. The sponsor is Cup of Noodles. <laughs> Oriental flavored sometimes. <laughs> Oriental flavored sometimes. We Noodles don't know aren't supposed like. to taste like chicken. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. <laughs> it's like shaking. I thought I thought the sponsor was going to be microwave without the clock set. Yeah, what the fuck? People do that, and it bothers me. <laughs> Eric needs what do you mean? to have. The Here's... microwave didn't have the clock set. It was just like zero. Yeah. And I hate that. Oh, yeah, I can't deal with so that. So like they, they didn't set up the prop to like have the time on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably a choice, or maybe it was for like continuity. Oh, maybe like, it was a choice. Ease. Like again, people. Some people do oh, that. Yes. They don't set that the would, time on their microwave, and I hate it. Eric has to do that stuff. That would make shooting a scene with a microwave in the background really fucking hard. Yes, <laughs> that was uh, the first note on my notes. By the way, time on microwave. <laughs> now I can cross that one off. That's amazing. This is a, this was a really sweet scene where Delia kind of asks, yeah. "Like, are you scared to go back to New York?" I'm kind of afraid that like, what if like mom is still there in some way and she's mad at us mm. because, and she's like basically expressing like, I don't think about her as much as I used to. Yep. You remember my favorite sneakers? The Pumas with your name all over them? Yeah, remember how I used to wear them like all the time? They smelled so bad, mom with a baby powder in them. Yeah, she even threw them away that one time, you remember that? <laughs> but then she went in the garbage to get them back. Yeah, I, mean, I don't really wear my Pumas that much anymore, but when I do, it's like extra special. You know what I mean? Sure. All right, go wash up. Dinner's ready. And like the look on Delia's face, like Vivian Cardone mm-hmm. is so good. Like she just like like brights up and like she totally gets it. It makes sense for her. And this is a an interesting moment in the commentary. Actually, was that Rena, the the writer, writer of the episode said i really i really wanted them to hug and this was a big discussion hmm. can they hug can they not hug should they hug and like i think greg said yeah rena won that argument 
um, and said that like that usually is split along gender lines in the room. <laughs> like they didn't mm -hmm. get into it much beyond that because they had to move on. But like I thought it was interesting that 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 was like a, a kind of a, a point of like disagreement huh. in the writing room. Like Weird. you know, but when you watch it, it's like this is perfect. So natural, yeah. It makes total sense. Them, uh, and the other, there's another moment actually similar to this in this episode that we'll. I'll, we'll get to um but i thought that was interesting the men all uh, wanted him to punch her in the face <laughs> <laughs> the men all wanted to punch her in the face and then reinforce that you're supposed to be sexy but not sexual <laughs> uh, that's what this is all about um we get a we get a diner flashback ephraim with his mom in the diner in new york this is where they they bring back this character that episodes ago, like I think it was it was Ephraim telling Amy about the Gwen Stefani mm -hmm. girl in New York. So they so they bring her back. Catherine. Catherine is a real name. They talked about this in the commentary. We were trying to cast an extra who looks like Gwen Stefani, right? Because he'd mentioned this girl in the previous episode, and then Greg shared they were doing a hair and makeup test for her. the poor girl. They put her in a big pink wig and clown lipstick. And Whoa. it was one of the weirdest, most disturbing things I've ever seen. <laughs> and then Rita chimed in. She was like, yeah, it was horrible. Gregory came up to me and was like, if Ephraim liked this girl, do you know what it says about Ephraim? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so luckily they, they backed off of that for actual shooting. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was perfect. It was uh, just like esque, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You saw, yes, exactly why when somebody would say on that. Ish. Mm -hmm. A nice scene where, um, you know, yeah, we see more of Ephraim and his mom, and his mom has brought him here deliberately so that he could ask her out, ask her to come to the recital, and it's just really great. Uh, he's all happy because he does ask her, and she says yes, and um, and then it's the big kind of um scene where Ephraim uh confronts his mom and's like why don't you leave him we don't need him and i can say this because we've watched the episode in the commentary they're like they they referred to this scene as like this is the red herring for the audience mm -hmm. um, but i don't, i wasn't sure though like i didn't like i feel like since especially since then maybe before 2003 I feel like that it might be kind of a trope, right? Where like mm -hmm. you think that one parent is cheating, but then the reveal is that no, it was the other parent cheating. It still worked because it's been however many episodes. And again, it's that surprise. Yeah. All of a sudden you find out why, you know, like there's this weird disconnect between like why Ephraim is so mad. And then like, I mean, it's a, it's a big surprise. Like, mm -hmm. I think I, you built, they built up him just being like, you kept saying, you even made excuses for it. Maybe it's because you kind of made excuses for his behavior as well. You kept saying like, I did he's too, a though. teenager, he's grieving, <laughs> all these things. <laughs> and I kept being like, his anger is like so astronomically more than it, what it should be. Um, and now I forgot what the fuck we were talking about because that's what happened. Well, Adam was well, asking if it was a trope, like well, if, if like if I didn't know. Well, no, I don't know if it is a trope. It? But did, did you see it coming? No, no. That's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that it was effective uh, again because I, I like. It seemed so like. I thought there might that, be a twist that he. I don't. I. 
I thought either that it was just what they were presenting, that he was cheating, or I didn't predict that she was cheating. Like, uh, yes, I thought maybe he was doing something else. Yes, I sure, didn't. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't know if I understood the question. I definitely didn't think Treat Williams was cheating. Treat Williams. I did not think Treat Williams But you was didn't cheating. predict that she was cheating. But I did not predict that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I definitely, yeah, the trope of, like, sub, yes. I, th I thought you were talking about the trope of, like, not like somebody else cheating sure. on being the cheater, yeah, totally. but like yep. I, I didn't realize you were talking about like the trope being that you blame somebody for cheating and then they were doing something innocent or something he wasn't else. That. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, now I'm confused. Well, no, there. I mean, there, there might be like a few different like variations of a Probably. trope going on okay. here. Um, like You're I just think asking I mean, like, if we predicted that, and I said I thought maybe he was doing something right. else and it wasn't cheating at all like okay. it was something else entirely i got confused by that question at the very least i'm i'm glad that it that it, that it was a, an effective kind of red herring though as as they yep. put it um and yeah like this was where they pointed out that gregory did a good job of kind of aging down his performance in that scene mm -hmm. and yeah we'll talk more about this in the the epic, the kind of climax of this episode is when Andy and Ephraim kind of have their big fight. Um, before that, we do have Abbott family dinner mm -hmm. number two. I think it, did they have another dinner early? Yeah. No, it wasn't a dinner. They, she, was he was cookies. eating cookies and then they came oh. in at the movie. Adam, so, yeah. soda is not a dinner. You, 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 you wonder, Aww. you wonder if they had a dinner before because there are a lot of Abbott family dinner scenes. Yes, there, there are. are. Mm -hmm. So this is the it's, Abbott family dinner of the I episode. think it's because they like to have Tom Amanda yes. put his napkin in his shirt. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think, I, I, but Honestly, like, I think it's funny, but I also think that that's like a very deliberate thing to like when they make him do that, it's like so so him. It's that, yeah. but it's also the Tom Amandis acting with his hands. When you give him a meal, he has something to do. He is a very handsy, it's wonderful acting, like, but he is very like graceful with his hands and arms. And when he's eating dinner, he can eat it in so many different attitudinal ways. Attitudinal, <laughs> attitudinal. But mm -hmm. for real, like it's it's delightful to see him work with props and i think that that is like totally i i bet you they do dinner mm -hmm. scenes because of tom amandy's yes so the so the other behind the scenes look at dinner scenes is that they 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 had to talk about this in the commentary chris pratt eating mm -hmm. he always eats on every take no matter mm -hmm. how many takes they do mm -hmm. They run out of food. Oh my god! <laughs> like Treat said, like he ate an entire turkey, like in the Thanksgiving episode. Oh my god! Um, and literally, like I think Rena Mamoon said, like food services asked us to make simpler meals. It's too expensive. Chris will eat it all. Oh my god! <laughs> so we should have had that in, in the prattling on. Like fuck you, Chris. That's amazing. Eating all the food services food, oh being a whole god. separate budget item for for the WB. That's so funny. That's why I got canceled. Because I was going to say, like, yeah, I know a teen boy eats a lot, but, like, the but actor, there are plenty like, of teen boys on set. From an editing perspective, it's like, hey, thank you for being able to eat mm -hmm. in every take. Because, like, right. it makes editing easier, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was kind of funny. So in this scene, we see Amy being, like, a total, like, little <laughs> turd. Yes. And, like, you know, be saying, like, yeah, Harold asks for the salt. She's like, I'm using it. <laughs> Can I have it after you're done? I will never be done with the salt ever. <laughs> I did love, Bright. yeah, I love Bright's yeah. line. What if I want the salt? <laughs> uh, what if I He's like a little worried. Yeah. And 
in, so in the commentary, Greg Berlanti said, uh, you know, kudos to Emily Van Camp. A lot of actresses would be afraid to kind of play the underbelly of this kind of girl. Mm-hmm. I think going back to what he had kind of said about like, this character, Amy, has to be kind of like girl next door, mm-hmm. have a sweetness to her, but also be really kind of a bitch mm-hmm. and kind of bitchy. And so I think he was kind of pointing that out mm-hmm. um, in this episode. Like, she's being yeah. really obnoxious but she's yeah she's definitely being obnoxious but you know what she's being a teenage girl like Mm -hmm. it's it's like Mm -hmm. it's not even like it's not out of character whatsoever like it's very teenage girl it and and also very in character as far as we've seen i mean like yeah like i don't think that it's just like oh she's bitchy i think that's this character is it's, kind a, it's of, deeply embedded in yeah, the character like yeah. this kind of like fierce like willingness to kind of be rough around the edges and mm-hmm. um kind of gross <laughs> when she needs to or when she wants to <laughs> yeah or when like and kind of selfish maybe yes yeah and, and 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 tunnel vision like not being able to see the big picture sometimes yes absolutely they also talked in the scene about marilyn gann who plays rose abbott um and i will read this off um and i don't think i've I, I, I believe I indicated something here that they say that's not a spoiler because I think I've, I've said it before, um, that she started off as a small character mm-hmm. and because she's so amazing and real, she's become a series regular. So they're recording this, like, I think during season two or something. Mm-hmm. So I think at a point where she does become a series regular. So I'm, I'm okay, glad that good. I didn't misremember that. I think I, I said that once, like, I'm pretty sure she ends up being mm-hmm. like in the credits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they were so complimentary of her. Like Marilyn is basically God every take. She comes mm-hmm. through yeah. so much more because it's like the thing that's not there in the Brown household, right? Like in the, mm-hmm. they don't have that, that maternal kind of presence there. Um, we cast her in the pilot. And they, and they, he started kind of doing this metaphor of like musically. If you think about the show as like and the characters as musical instruments, she is the exact opposite of Doctor Abbott and sort of a grounding mm-hmm. force. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't get to complete that metaphor, but I, I saw where he was going with it. I think and I thought that was really accurate. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see more of her um, if we continue watching into season two. At the very least, we have to watch season two, even if like. Even if we don't like record, mm-hmm. uh, we should. I mean, but the recording is such a big part of it. Okay, we'll talk about this. Later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's the big fight scene with Andy and Ephraim. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is it. Ephraim coming in like it's like so many of them do, like treats in the kitchen and yeah, is walking in. I forget. It always he's, he's always yelling at him in the kitchen. Dirt. It's always in the kitchen. Well, yeah. It's true. It's, like it's a, just a funny observation. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's house, true. Uh, to intercept him going upstairs, I guess. Plus, they just can't afford too many shots with that fancy piano. I mean, those are more expensive. <laughs> Chris Pratt always eats the whole thing. <laughs> Ephraim immediately gives him two. I forget how, but yeah, like... It's something some... rude. And yeah. Andy is like, what is your problem? Yeah. Look, I know that going back to New York is difficult for you, but you're not the only one who's having a hard time with it. You think that's what this is about? Well, I don't know what it's about because you won't tell me. Last year, right before mom died, you said you were going to Boston, but you never went. Where were you? What? What has this got to Answer the question. I don't remember. Yes, you do. You're a liar. You know exactly where you were. Look, if I told you that I went to Boston, then I probably did. I attended at least a dozen seminars. There was no seminar. I checked. All I want to know is who you were with and how can you live with yourself? You think I cheated on your mother? I know you did. 
I, I remember the day you left. I remember the fight. I was practicing my piece for the recital. The recital which you couldn't make it to. Gee, I wonder why. Were you with her that night too, huh? Were you with her the night Mom died? You listen to me. I never cheated on your mother. You understand me? Never. And if you ever say that again, I swear to God, I won't be responsible for what I do to you. Well, then what happened? I mean, I know something happened. What? Doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It matters to me, and you owe it to me for every minute of my life that you weren't there, that you didn't show up, that you didn't give a damn. You owe me the truth now because I'm asking for it, and I'm not going to disappear into my room the way I used to. And Mom's not here to cover for you. It's just you and me, right now. Tell me. I, I need to know. You're right, Ephraim. I didn't go to Boston. I was staying at a hotel in the city. I had to get away. I... Your mother and I were fighting. How much I know. I was just so tired. I didn't want to fight anymore. So I just left. I didn't know what else to do. And then I got scared. Scared of what? That she would see him again. See who? Your mother met someone, Ephraim. I was never going to tell you. No. No, you're lying. You're a liar. Listen to me. You are a liar. Listen to me. It she, wasn't her fault. It was my fault. No. I was no, never no, she there. Would, I would have known. She would have told me. You can't blame her, Ephraim. No, no. I was never there I for her. I was never there known. for all of you. I don't believe Ephraim, No. It doesn't mean anything, Ephraim. Your mother is the same woman you always thought she was. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Oh, it's, it's all different now. Everything's different. I thought, I just think this is a really intense, well-acted mm -hmm. scene. I think yeah. it's great. Um, and I think that this is a scene where, like, treat, yeah, it's not shouting. Yes. It's, but he's playing anger so well. That's what I'm saying. Face to face with Ephraim. I bet you Treat Williams is just not a yeller at all. I bet you he's one of those people that doesn't yell. And so his, like, right, his acting during that, that anger came through. That really good, like, scary parent moment where you were like, that is unacceptable. Like, don't you ever dare. I mean, it was really good and really well, and intense. Said, like, I will not, if you ever accuse me of cheating again, oh, yeah. I will not be responsible for what I do to you. Right. Very intense. That, and that moment, I was reminded of the movie that you said we needed to watch, the made-for-TV thing, where he's the villain. I was like, ooh, oh, yes. treat so Williams. Yeah, well, he's like a murderer or something. I'm curious because there. of that, definitely. I really want to watch it with him and Brian Dennehy. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Yeah, like a, mur like a murderer, corrupt yeah. lawyer guy. Yeah, um, I really want to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, this is another moment where I think the commentary is really awesome because apparently, like they, I mean, they did multiple takes of that scene, and apparently, according to Treat, it became very physical in a couple of takes. Oh. Like, like he like he and Gregory like had this trust in each other, I guess, and they like did it in different ways and it and it got really physical. And he he kind of explained like I wanted to give the editing room options. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and and he's you know, this is the take that worked. And 
Greg might have been the one, Greg Smith might have been the one who said that like the physical intensity of the other takes still colored this yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. Like, we had done that mm -hmm. and then like we're acting and like you can feel it there. Like right. it doesn't happen, yeah. but it could happen because it's been happening the last couple of takes. Mm -hmm. And so like, I thought that was like really cool insight into like what made that scene really I effective. feel like that's in a movie somewhere, something where the, well, somebody's encouraging somebody to really get like, it, oh, oh, like, man, that's it, so like an actor who's like, get, get physical with me, like really hit me. Right. But then, but, but not like in a, co a comedy, like not that kind of thing, more like oh, something sure. about, oh, gosh, I feel like that's referred to somewhere was like using, using that, but like, don't do it. Don't do it with your body. It was, yeah, it, that's, that's yeah. really cool to hear. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think it's great. I think it's a great. A great scene for them. I really uh, also want to see Treat Williams get physical because, like, what the fuck? Does he ever well, get and physical? Like, it also like, makes me wonder, like, it also makes me, I wonder if, like, the reason they didn't use the other takes, Treat, is because you're not a good shouter. Yeah. Not, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm yes. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I, like, well, I, can't, I can't imagine, like, I, I see the value of that in just from an acting perspective. Yes. Like, explore the energy. Absolutely. But from a storytelling perspective, yeah, I would have been like, we're not using a scene where he literally gets violent with Ephraim or that they, I mean, right. like, it, right, it probably would have just been what? Like, shoving each other back and forth. Yeah. And like, I'm sure he's like, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, mm -hmm. but. Um, Suplex onto the <laughs> Yes. That's why I punched Delia, Dad, is because you punched me. <laughs> Uh, the next day, Andy and Harold, we've got a diner scene with them at the at, uh, at the diner. Um, Berlanti said that he loves Andy Harold diner scenes. They're like mm -hmm. one of his favorite things to to write and watch. Yes, the lines that I, I think we might have missed because we were all kind of um, I don't know laughing or, or talking. But the first lines of the scene are um, Andy saying to Harold, "You look about as awful as I feel." And Harold says, I've got bad news for you. You look as awful as you feel. <laughs> I did That's miss that. Great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, they commiserate about parenting and about their kids not talking to them. Harold's like, yeah, but Ephraim never talks to you. You're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> like Amy and I have a special relationship. Mm -hmm. and, um, which is so mean, by the way. <laughs> yeah, of course. I am. love this it's, character. It's, it's not as, such not a as mean as like. It's not no, as mean as, that's as, as his line about like, you know, like you being an expert on ghosts. I, yeah. That's real fucked up. That line was yeah. like another I, level. My goodness. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, I like them talking about like. Yeah, Harold's like it's an impossible predicament. They want they don't want you to treat them like children, but when you, you mm -hmm. try to talk to them like an adult. They act like teenagers. Mm -hmm. So Treat started in the commentary, like he referenced some kind of anecdote or story that I want, I like, I even searched. I was like, did he talk about this in another interview? Like, I want to hear this story. I'll report it the way I heard it. Uh, it was, he, he was talking about Tom Amandes and he was like, it was instantaneous. The first time he sat in a, I don't know if he said love seat of a car that he was going to drive or a, in a left seat. I couldn't make it out. But the, the first time he sat in a love seat of a car that he was going to drive and took him and it took him 20 minutes to get the seat arranged. <laughs> I knew that we were home free. Oh my God. And that was in life. You can imagine what it was like on the set. Oh my God. So, I, so like I can make out kind of the, the gist of the, of that mm -hmm. story. Um, 
I want more. I want to know more about like their friendship. Uh-huh. Yes. So, um, but yeah, Berlanti talked about like again, like he talked about it in the pilot, but the casting of Tom Amandes and and like because Harold had come in to, to read for or Tom Amandes had come in to read for Doctor Brown. Yeah. And you know, and Craig was like, "Could you read for Doctor Abbott?" He was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> But like, but Greg Berlanti had to like assure him, like, look, I really envision Harold as being kind of a second lead of the show, uh-huh. um, and I'm so glad that Tom and Mandy's kind of trusted him. Oh you know, yes, I love when I mean I feel like it's often this way. The the person who isn't necessarily the lead is still just mm-hmm. your favorite. Because I mean, yeah, how can 100%. you not love that character? My goodness, he's so great. I love that we all get so excited whenever uh-huh. we hear the music. <laughs> it's so cool mm. um so here's i mean like a kind of counterbalance to colin's parents is that laney isn't crazy like them laney's like i'm leaving i'm going back to boarding school because yeah this is all fucked up yeah she and says I'm scared. it yeah yeah but that's re- oh god that's so terrible like when he dies she's gonna be very upset because she's gonna have left and you're, won't really say goodbye you're you're predicting that that Colin's gonna die huh? see, well I mean I said that at the beginning of the season I think I said that like I think I said he either will die before he wakes up or he'll wake up and then he'll die later that's I'm pretty sure that's what I thought you definitely you thought had, he was gonna I, die you had some specifics about the timing of it that were that were interesting to me I'll just say that yeah cool so <laughs> and i don't know if dies, it was 100 anyway. what you just said <laughs> just it's I, that really hurt because i just know that it's so often a thing where people feel regret over i mean i'm assuming that he's gonna die but something bad is obviously building up so whether it's death or it's something just a really ser- another coma uh he it becomes a vegetable i don't know something bad is going to happen and she's going to feel bad it, it was a really hard scene for me to watch because like i understand she's a girl she doesn't have any control over anything i don't mean a girl mm-hmm. like she's a young woman she's a young no, girl she's a, she's, a, she's a female a child <laughs> i meant i meant She's a girl as opposed yeah, to no, a woman that I yeah. just realized what it sounded like I was saying. She's a young, a teenager. She doesn't have any control over the situation. And her parents are fucking insane. Like, yeah. what is she supposed to do? What a tough, mm-hmm. like, what an interesting scene and what a cool writing choice and something I really like. I, I just really like that. It's a great writing choice. It's also like we can't afford to pay this actress <laughs> she's for more too episodes. Hot. Yeah, I mean, she's just too hot. She's too. It's like you can be in this many episodes. That way, we can. That's what we can afford. Um, we get the we get a final scene with Andy and Ephraim in the doctor's office. I've been angry at you. I, I've been hating you for a long time now. And I was wrong. You never deserved to be treated that way. Sorry. You don't need to apologize, Ephraim. I failed you as a father for 15 years. I was never there for you or your mother. That's why sometimes you feel like throwing me off a cliff, and that's why your mother did what she did. But I don't blame either of you for it. You know, in the end, it was me who ended up begging her for forgiveness. I told her that things would be different that I would change, but I wouldn't have. 
I might have been better for a while, but then... She loved you. She told me that. She told me that all the time. She loved you, too. Very much. Yeah, but she lied to me. No, she didn't. What happened between us had nothing to do with you. She was right not to tell you. I never should have. Still, I'm glad you did. I was making her perfect in my mind, and... Well, she was perfect. She was a perfect mother. No, she wasn't. But it's okay. I don't need her to be perfect anymore. Like, like, and they talked about this in the commentary. Um, when Andy says in, in to Ephraim, like, I, you know, I was, I, I never should have told you. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of thought of like in that earlier scene in the big, the big fight, like they were really pleased with with the kind of the dynamic of like in that moment, Andy needs to make a choice mm-hmm. about whether to share this or not, share the truth or not. And like, it's really interesting to them. Making a choice is always more interesting and making the wrong choice is always more interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know if it's the wrong, I think it's, it's the right choice in that moment, to be honest mm-hmm. with your son, but there's, might be an argument for like, maybe sit on that for a bit and say it another point, but well, to his credit, Ephraim processes it pretty well and like shows yeah. up and is like, I'm sorry. I've been angry at you. I've been so shitty toward you. You didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was really sad and good. The the moment this reminded uh, going back to the Ephraim and Delia hug. The other moment Treat said it was that apparently it was his idea on set to kiss Ephraim on the forehead. Oh, his, I, I like, noticed that so hard. I love that. a beautiful that. moment. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, and the way Tree talked about it, he was like, if there's ever a time that Ephraim gets to be the boy, like not, right, kind of like yeah. what you were just saying, like yes, not I the man, yes. but like yeah. the boy, <laughs> like it's it's in this scene. And yeah. that was such a, it's, what a great instinct to have. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful. Like I tear up when I see him do it. And like the look on Ephraim's face, like, this kind of vulnerable like look but like i don't know that yeah. scene was awesome mm-hmm. like i was gripped by treat williams's performance and i mean both of them did a great job but like i again that's one of those things where i keep like flip-flopping sometimes i'm like what's wrong with treat williams and then sometimes i'm like wow like that was really good treat and it, like maybe i you just, should be an actor maybe, maybe you should chase your dreams <laughs> Maybe. Chase your dreams, Tree. <laughs> um, so, and then, so we get a final scene with Amy and Harold. Um, Harold explaining, like, you know, I'm not going to apologize. Uh, you might not like my decisions, but you're going to have to respect them because I'm the, the grown up here. Frankly, your behavior has been obnoxious and it's beneath you. Yep. Um, and what I like about the scene, and they talked about it in the commentary, is that, well, what they liked about it and what I 
like now like about that too, is that the, it's, it's the exact opposite of Ephraim and Andy. Mm-hmm. Like Ephraim and Andy come together in the end. And it's also like the opposite of every other like Harold, Amy mm-hmm. story we've gotten. They always end up like mm-hmm. together again. That's the yep. special relationship that they have. Yep. But like the end of this, like Amy's, the look on Amy's face is like icy cold. Like mm-hmm. she's like, not having it. I mean, and maybe it's again, like I haven't seen the other things. So maybe she, this is a continuing thing and she just is angry at her dad for a while. But like, I really like that scene because as a parent, that's the kind of parenting style I already have, like with our young children who aren't even really old enough, some of them to have the kind of conversations that I have with them, like the more real, like, I'm like, listen, you know, I love that parenting that he did. Like, it was like, I, I love you and respect you. There is the, yes, he's never condescending to her. Well, I mean, not in that scene at least. And he, he treated her like an adult said that he respected her and that her behavior is like, come on, like really? And, 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 you can tell that there's a history there, you know, like the, the, the acting that Tom Amandes is doing is showing that there's a history there of him saying, Hey, Hey, you know, level with me here. And usually she probably is like, you're right. I'm sorry. You know, but like, and it's okay for her to still be mad because the, the fact is like this whole little silly, I know that like, it seems really stupid, but like, and right. It is stupid. Cause like, she shouldn't be mad at her dad for being a doctor and being yeah. concerned about a brain yeah. injury. Right. But yeah. she feels she's, she's angry at herself for making the mistake because remember earlier on when he, when Colin is accusing her of it, she doesn't even remember that she did it. She genuinely has yeah. that like epiphany. So she's angry at herself for, and she wants to blame her dad. She wants to blame it on him for revealing that. But when really it's her own fault, But also the thing that actually annoys me about it is that like really at no point did she even for a second, like, cause not even for a second did she go, I understand that you're a doctor, Mm -hmm. but fuck you cause you're my dad and you should have at least asked me. Which, which is what Ephraim was ex- able to express to Andy. Right. Like when, when Andy was like kind of getting his business about Colin, Ephraim was able to kind of like, at least communicate on that level of yeah. like, I get it, but, and Amy's not even like. Not even, that. she's just angry. I mean, obviously I think, I think it's cause she's embarrassed and angry at herself too, but she, and you know, she's more of a child and she's trying and to blame her dad is, so much about it. She is grieving. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, fuck. <laughs> Um, we end the episode with the unveiling itself Mm -hmm. um, them in New York Gregory Smith apparently walked around set with a cassette player working so hard to learn the the Hebrew for the Kaddish um, which is fun and also again this this, this is another song use at the end of the episode Trouble by Kristen Hirsch that like I became obsessive about. I downloaded like all of Kristen Hirsch's albums. I was like, like so um, into like her so weird cute. smoky, her weird smoky <laughs> voice, but like trouble, yeah, oh trouble, let me be. That's oh, so good, Adam. <laughs> and that's the episode. I love I, that I you love this show so, so much. Yeah, it's what? The cutest uh, thing. We're um, we're, what's her face? Julia's parents there. I didn't notice. Oh, in the actual wow, I, probably not. But that's a very it would be <laughs> messed up if they yeah. didn't. But oh like they God. didn't. I mean, if they had the, those actors, you'd think that they they would have like had some close ups. 
Right. Yeah, they definitely would have. They probably just posed some people that like, look kind of like them. I only realized it at away. the very end because like it was like a close up. I think it was on Andy <laughs> as as uh, Ephraim was doing the the prayer and mm-hmm. and I was like, there's the person behind him. I'm like, I wonder who these people are. Yeah. It's like t- eight people there. Like, who are these people? And, <laughs> and then, and then it was group. like fading away. I'm like, yeah. oh wait, there's oh. two people we should be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally. Well, I'm looking now, and I feel like they have two figures mm-hmm. who were supposed to be them. That's what I'm saying. They were probably turned away from of, the camera or something. Mm-hmm. The guy doesn't look completely like Julia's father, but mm-hmm. the woman's covered up, and it's blurry enough that it's like, yeah, yeah. Especially on old, old TVs, like that's something that comes up a lot. Is like, right? You know, we never expected people to be able to see. <laughs> to like, look, both <laughs> things. All right, well, it's TV time time. Oh boy! TV time time. TV time. Parsley Sage Rosemary and TV time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Five years ago, TV time user Maddie Costa wrote, "Good episode." <laughs> Uh, I, I agree. I'll, time, time. I'll, I'll, I'll throw Maddie Cost a like on that. Uh, three years ago, Salsa Bill Salsa wrote tear emoji, sobbing emoji. Oh, just those wow. two emojis. Okay. Is that All the right. first time Brian Salsa has said anything or whatever? Salsa Bill Salsa Bill. Salsa Bill. Yeah, this is my first time seeing it, seeing his name. Pop wow! Up on so the that episode was enough to make Salsa he Bill. Here. <laughs> oh. All right. Weird. <laughs> and there are only three comments on this episode. This is wild. This is wild. We've got our, our old friend Mary VP. She's popped up before. Seven months ago, Mary VP wrote. The flashbacks were so good. Seeing the relationship Ephraim had with his mother, I loved how they showed us the perfect memories of her from his son's point of view, and then learned how she wasn't perfect, and that Andy knew and accepted her imperfectness. Mm-hmm. Very touching episode. Heart emoji. Mm-hmm. Are you a like Mary VP? No, don't like that one. Just the other two. <laughs> Salsa I like Bill. That one. <laughs> um, it may, I'm making that sound like it's S A L S A space B I L L. When it's actually S A L S A B I L. Oh, which is So, one more question. You listened to the commentary. I did not. Um, was it as unnecessary to have Gregory Smith there as it sounded like it was, based on how little you referenced him? No, that he, he. There were other things he said that I, I, I didn't say everything that I kind of took notes on from the commentary. You just like masturbated to them. I just masturbated to him because, oh, great. <laughs> no, like they, I, you know. You're too ashamed I, to bring him up later. And you didn't have a free I, hand to write it down. <laughs> stuff that he was saying. They, they did kind of, like, it was kind of funny. Like, they did kind of have to, like, go out of their way to, like, invite, like, ask Gregory a question. To, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wondered. And also there was a whole discussion. Like, at one point, like, Greg Berlanti was trying to, like, play trivia with the group. Like, all right, I've got some trivia as we head into Act 2. Like, which birthday did Andy miss when he was separating Siamese twins? And they all guessed, and they all got it wrong. And then, <laughs> and then he, like, <laughs> he also invited, like, he also kind of invited people to, like, share your kind of, like, rankings or your thoughts on the first five episodes. Pilot, mm-hmm. Great Dr. Brown, Friendly Fire, Kissing Bridge, and Dear God. And then, like, Greg actually talked extensively about his memories of, of dear God. Mm. And like, that apparently like he said, it was forever burned into my memory. The deer loved everybody, but hated me. <laughs> it would always turn around and charge me. 
there was a, apparently one scene where yeah, who's supposed to run up a hill with the deer. So I think yeah. it's when they discover to get the, to where it uh -huh. would have been. Yeah, and like it bolted off to the right, and it like hauled me off with it. Oh my god! We <laughs> talked about how like we had deer wranglers. The deer wrangler would face the sunset with a deer and calm it, whisper to it. It was all about the deer. It, that was Treat Williams. That yeah, was that his was job treat. on. <laughs> I, I, no, treat, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that that's what Treat Williams actually. They hired him to be the deer wrangler, yes. and they're like, "I guess you can play yeah, the sure, lead." Sure, be the lead too. Why not? And Blake Neely was like, "I had to come up with three themes for the deer <laughs> musical themes." Still one of my favorite episodes of all time. Dear God. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, but it was a kind. Of, it seemed like kind of a crowded room. Yeah. Um, maybe a too many cook situation. If you ask me. <laughs> Um, time for our final segment ratings. Woo -woo. I forgot about this part. We do in anticipation, during, and upon reflection. In anticipation, I, I kind of, I, I feel like it was a four for me mm -hmm. because, because like the commentary, like I you said, like it was not gonna, like, yeah hyped it up and like and but i also knew like just from watching with the commentary on like i was like i was remembering like oh my god this is a really dramatic episode and they even they even referenced during the commentary like this was hard for numerous reasons coming off of like one of our favorite episodes everwood confidential which is like this really like fun uh -huh. kind of goofy episode and then to like take this hard left turn into like mm -hmm. okay we're doing drama so i was kind of i was kind of worried i was i was like is this is this gonna be is this effective is it, is it, is it like are they praising themselves like mm -hmm. for good reason uh but then yeah while watching i was like yeah i'm on board like this is this is mm -hmm. really good stuff so that mm -hmm. was a five for me and upon reflection i think it's a it's a five too because um as always i you know i love Talking Everwood with my pal. <laughs> Four five five from me. Okay, me. Oh wait, you always complain how I go before you. Do you want to go first? <clears throat> I complained once about that, and now we are. We're let's. I always nag is what you're saying. <laughs> All right, no. I'm going to we say we should go see Jane Krakowski. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to say. My anticipation was all over the goddamn place because first yeah. of all, it's been two weeks in between. I thought it was going to be good. And then like your face during a dramatic yeah. pre-show incident made me think it was a bad, like it was a worrisome show. Like it was going to be problematic or something episode. I mean, not show entire show. Um, but it was, it, but I was excited to watch it because I like Everwood and then during... You didn't give it a rating. Oh, five. Didn't I say five? I oh, yeah, because it's all over the place. It was like a five, yeah. and then it was like a one, and then it was like a five. <laughs> it was like, yeah. it was. I was afraid of it for a little bit. I was worried that it was going to be bad. So, like, it's a roller coaster. That's a five. Yeah. And then and then uh, the middle one is five, because I thought everything was so good. Like, Treat Williams... I love it when Treat Williams gives me a performance that is, like that I go, yes, Treat Williams. And he did it like a few times, which was really great. Um, I always loved Dr. Abbott. It was just a really good overall episode. Like, I, I know that I usually use my, like, episode, what, what's it? My benchmark is the is the little boy with the dolls Gilla. one. But I think this is really up there because it explains so much. There was a lot of really cool, like, revelations and and uh, unveiling yeah. and yeah. the one i i we have to go back to watch this 
it's funny you mentioned Magilla. There is a scene where he's in the background wearing a wedding dress and he lifts the veil. Wow. And it's, like it's, a tri- it's like a triple meaning of unveiling. That's insane. We- I can't even believe I What, what, when was it right at the beginning? Was it's it at the funeral? It's at, it's at, oh. he, he's somehow he, he in New York. He's like him. a baby. He he's escaped from his family. Oh, in the flashback. He's a bit. Ba- yeah, he's in the flashback. <laughs> oh, so no, he's the a funeral, baby. The unveiling is not the flashback. <laughs> no, you said in New York. Wait, those are both. Well, the, the unveiling. Oh yeah, the, oh, yeah they went back to New York. Duh, that's right. But no, but I, I like I do like the idea of <laughs> it. It's in one of the contrast on to this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the diner. In the diner. No, I like the idea that it is during the funeral and like he has escaped from his shitty parents and he's living the New York life <laughs> dressed up in a wedding dress. And- oh, <laughs> and he's what? Nine? Like, wait, how old are those kids? 11, 10? I can't remember. Still, he's, he's emancipated. Yep. All right. And then afterwards, five, because I feel like we made a lot of really cool, like, well, we made, but there was like lots of cool observations this time. The discussion was really fun. Really liked it. I think my, it's always a five, though. I don't know if I've ever afterwards given it. Wait. Last time, did I give it a really crappy one? I don't know. There was uh, one that I really, like, Adam was trying to get me to change it. That was that was what I was remembering. <laughs> Adam was Come like, on. wait a second. Do that's when I was the, That's when I was the Donald Trump. That was really fun. Yes. Definitely a five for my last one. And a five in anticipation of next no, week. No. You're doing it all wrong. <laughs> You're coloring my star reviews. <laughs> my star ratings. <laughs> Are they stars? They're stars, right? Right? Five stars. Stars, yes. Yeah. Okay, they're stars. All right. So, in anticipation, five stars. Because, like, I am addicted. <laughs> I was jonesing, if you will. For some Everwood. Yeah. You're, you're, Last you're brown, Tuesday. Browning, browning for it. <laughs> I was framing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely a five coming in. All right. And then watching... It would have totally been a five, except the time on the microwave is not set. So I have to give it four and a half stars okay. while watching. That really does it's bother understandable, him. right? Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, in like the discussion, it's like a two. Because it's like, this is the first one after doing this so long where we're getting this 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 side thing of this commentary where the actual people involved oh, yeah. are basically doing the same thing we're doing, but they actually have a reason to. Yeah. And so that's I just, depressing. So yeah, like, I'm, being exposed to that made you think like, yeah, why are we doing this? Exactly. So two stars. Yeah, two stars afterwards. Uh, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. That's amazing. Um, I forgot. We do have one more segment and that is predictions. Oh, oh. yeah. The next episode is titled The Miracle of Everwood. Oh, well, this is going to be some Norman Rockwell little story, probably. You get to go first. It's, it's going to be some, it's going to be based on some character we haven't met or like a cool festival or something. <laughs> that's oh, you mean it. like a, like a hermit, yeah. hermit in the woods episode? Yes, kind of that's thing? what I think. It's, I think that, that, that it's, it's gotta be like the water here cures knee cancer or something sh- weird. You know what I mean? Like our meatballs are the best. And so we win this contest our every year. Your meatball cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or like it's about a football team. See, I can come up with a lot of examples of miracles that we haven't met yet. It's a football team. It's a football miracle that's passed down through generations. They always almost lose, but then they always go to regionals. Is it that? 
I don't know. But I think it, I definitely think it's something that we have not okay. met yet. Yeah. That's what so I that heard. last little bit kind of hit on the first thing that I thought of, oh. which was like Everwood, snow, winter. I was thinking maybe mm. like miracle, like the <gasps> hot ice hockey. Yeah, that's why I yes, that's why I thought of that. Yeah, um, some some sort of hockey thing as mm. like a reference to that, but then also probably another. Uh, hmm, we find out that. Oh, Bright is it? Oh, is it's... a virgin birth. <laughs> Bright's a virgin. Well, birth. Chris Pratt is. We all know that. So. Um, I wonder if it's about Colin, like maybe he is going to die and then like um, doesn't. doesn't because like Dr. Brown saves him in surgery or some shit. And then it's the miracle of Everwood. It could be something like that. Like he miraculously, he miraculously, mm. okay, mm-hmm. miraculously, he miraculously survives something, you know, this trauma that's building up in his head or something. It could be that too. But I feel like that buildup is going to... I think that they are going to want you to forget about it. And then, like, next episode is going to cheat me out of, like, knowing whether, you know, he dies or not. <laughs> like, it's not even going to be acknowledged. And then, like, the episode after that, he's going to, like, have a stroke or some shit. I'm going to be really mad if I don't get more Colin next episode. And it's not because I like Colin. I just want to know what the fuck is going on with his ter- terrible family and whether they're going to justifiably be in mourning because they suck as parents. Sure, sure. This next episode is also the last episode that we get uh, a gif for on the Everwood gif Tumblr. <laughs> oh, what? Is Did this you the look? end of the first season? Oh, I didn't look at the okay. gif. I just looked at the... The okay. Episode and this there's one for no two I think for the miracle of Everwood <clears throat> and then there's no yeah. more. I yes I think I remember that. Yeah, so this is episode. It's going to be episode nineteen. So we have including that one, two, three, four, five episodes to go in season one. Is it going to be like about the founding of Everwood? Like it's like because like there's the miracle of Hanukkah and it's gonna it, like it's the founding of something because a, I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like there's so many possibilities with that one. It could go so many different directions. Maybe Unlike the mayonnaise. other ones. Mayonnaise. Did you say miracle whip? Oh, nice. The miracle whip of everyone. <laughs> um, well, this has been awesome. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed this episode. I look forward to next week when we will watch the miracle of Everwood. Yay. Um, this has been Everwood Never Wouldn't. It's time for the ceremonial Ooh. closing of the podcast with us all singing the theme song together out of sync, out of sync. Due yep. to network latency. <laughs> Three, two, and a one, two, five, four. Do, 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 do.
<laughs> Fuck. 